Hi there, and thanks for joining us. On this week's podcast, we learn about the pharma plant in Cork that you probably know nothing about, but that is producing a drug that's saving lives around the world. And we speak to up-and-coming entrepreneurs who are working with the Ignite programme in UCC about what it means to carry the weight of being a young business leader on their shoulders. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now we're going to talk about being a young entrepreneur and what that means. It's a fairly hefty title to lump onto somebody, but with me now in studio, I have many people who wear that as a badge of pride. I have Mike Sheehan from Mealish Bio. Is that right? Uh, Millish Bio. Millish Bio. Nearly close. close. Uh, we've got Maeve Power, Venview. Venview. Venview, okay. And we've Ryan O'Neill and Ian O'Sullivan from Legit Fit. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, see, look, I'm not, not too bad. I, I, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Uh, okay, given that I got the, the name of the company slightly wrong, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the winner of the right. Bank of Ireland Ignite Business of the Year. That's right, yeah. Um, so my company's Minish Bio. We're working on protein-based flavorings for the food and beverage industry. So these ingredients will be low-calorie, they'll be natural, uh, and we can actually shape them to the needs of our clients, which is a sort of a unique proposition in the industry. Um, at the moment, we're pre-proof of concept, but we're looking for fundraising to get that done in the next 9 to 12 months. So when you say you're pre-proof of concept, what does that mean? Uh, we got to show that we can do it. We got to um, prove our technology. Uh, we have a lot of connections in industry that are really eager to get what we're offering, but we need to show them that we can do it before we can take on a contract. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 25. Okay. So th- that's that's a lot for a 25-year-old, isn't it? Um, you know, I was 23 when I started. It was a lot for a 23-year-old. I think I've picked up a lot in the last two years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, let's move on to Maeve. Maeve, tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah, so my company is called Venview. And we are developing a visualization system for event venues that uses virtual reality to allow customers to visualize and experience the space as more than just an empty room. So when you're going to book your wedding, you walk into the hotel, put on the virtual reality headset, and you can actually see the tables, the chairs, the lights and everything, and actually gain confidence before booking the space. Okay, well that saves a lot of time and effort, because you have to dress the room every time someone's coming into it. Exactly, yeah, you can do it any time. Is it virtual reality, therefore? It is, yes. Okay, using what type of tech in particular? So we're building our our system on the Oculus Go, which is the new standalone VR headset. Uh, It's very new, we're still kind of just playing around with things at the moment, but it's going to be totally standalone, so there'll be no wires or anything. Okay, well, you know, I mean, the one thing that strikes me about everyone who's wearing an Oculus thingamajig is they, they look awful like Langers walking around <laughs> with things on their head. Do pe- are people going to get used to this as, it as it goes on? It does take a little bit of getting used to, absolutely. But I've been finding we're actually in our proof of concept stage at the moment. We're um, set up in Ford Island and Rochester Park and we're testing it with people. And what I found is that people, once they kind of get over that, they realise no one's really looking at them while they're in the space. They just have a bit of fun. Okay. And it's working. How old are you? I'm 26. You're 26. Okay. Around Again, you've, you've done a lot in a short period of time then, haven't you? Yes, definitely. Okay. Right, lads. Um, no pressure. Therefore, we've, we've two <laughs> successful businesses. So let's move on to Legit Fit. Um, tell us a little bit about it, Ian. Uh, so, yeah. So, basically, what we, we've done is we've created an online business support system for health, fitness and wellness professionals. So, it's basically one platform integrating a number of features, including booking, billing, communications, payment processing, client tracking and business tracking. So, again, helping professionals streamline their business and allowing their processes to become a lot more successful, um, efficient and effective. 
Okay, Ryan, what's he got wrong there? Has he got everything in? I know he's he's been pitching that for the last year, and if he's getting it wrong at this stage, then <laughs> quite worried. Um, and how has it been going? How long has the company been uh, active in? Yeah, so we're pretty much a year and a half now at this stage. So basically, we, I suppose Ryan got onto me um, a year and a half ago inside a, a spin class. Me and Ryan used to play soccer with each other when we were younger, and then I was training one of his um, soccer teams and beasted him in a, a spin class and approached me then afterwards to, to get involved in an idea that he hadn't we progressed it from so there So when you were sweaty messes after a spin class <laughs> all of a sudden this idea was born yeah? Yeah we hugged it out and I actually the, the idea originally came when I was naked in a sauna so you know just to add that image into your head as well Well that's, that's there thanks for that right? and how old are you lads? I'm 26 yeah, 26 Both as well. 26. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, you're all around the 25, 26 mark, which means that you're at a particular point in your career. Uh, who here? Uh, what, all UCC? No? I'm UCC. I'm UCC. CIT. CIT. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that's CIT. A, that, that, okay, that's a, we've oh, an even split. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thanks Thanks for yeah, that's why we're divided in the studio here. <laughs> Thankfully, there's an even split yeah. there. Um, is there a lot of pressure, Maeve, on people of your generation now to become entrepreneurs or is this something that has naturally happened that you guys aren't happy and content to go out and get a job and struggle along like the rest of society I certainly wouldn't say it's pressure I think it's more there's opportunity there people you know there was there's always this kind of idea that you know you do your college course you get your internship you get your job and you move forward in that path and that would be what my parents would say but now it's not that strange for a lot of young people just go out and create their own jobs so I, did, I certainly didn't find pressure to go and do it, but there's certainly a lot of support. Uh, one of the things that always struck me, um, Mike, was this idea that we now have a society that's okay with entrepreneurship, that right. you know we're, we're kind of comfortable with it. You don't have to have the civil service job that you'll have for 60 years until you give out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was definitely something that I encountered myself when I left college and I told my parents I was going to start a, a startup. Maybe it took them a month to be like, okay, he's not being scammed. Um, but um, <laughs> I love the parental instinct. Was ah, somebody to, somewhere had to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone had to protect me from myself? Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really become much more normal in society. We hear a lot about the tech landscape starting out probably out in Silicon Valley and places like this, but it's really growing in Ireland now. There's great Cork examples, places like Teamwork doing phenomenal um, on a global um, global level. So it's not too strange for us to try as well. Is there a fear of failure, though? I mean, are, is it something that because of your age, lads, you know, you're less inclined to to let it bother you? I think the biggest fear for me would be not taking the opportunity. So the fear of not trying and having looked back on it. Um, failure, like, we, we fail at things all the time. Um, if we if we're afraid of failure, we wouldn't do anything. Um, so I suppose it's just a fear of trying would kind of be most scary to myself anyway. Yeah, I I agree with Ryan that we probably have the same perspective when I'm making kind of decisions. Um, I'd always kind of put myself in a position when I'm 60, 70 years old and I'm looking at back at this decision, will I regret trying it or will I regret even more not doing it? So again, it's always putting yourself in certain opportunities, certain positions where, again, anything can, can happen, but obviously being positive about your ability to achieve the outcome that you want to achieve, but that positivity, obviously, that needs to be backed up by work rate and, and drive and ambition. Now, as the old man in the room at the tender age of 42, <laughs> I, I can say that ye collectively as a generation have been much decried in recent years as being the snowflakes, the ones that constantly give out, let things you know get to you and prevent you from doing things. Um, Maeve, I'm looking at your CV here. You, you've a BA in multimedia. You worked as a photographer. 
and you didn't necessarily let that confine or restrain you. You're no snowflake. You went straight and started your own business. Well, I think I had a bit of a winding road to get here. I actually started, photography has always been my passion. I kind of started off thinking I'd be a photographer. There's obviously a lot of competition out there for that line of work. Um, so I moved into the technology side of things. And yeah, you just it doesn't you don't let it hold you back. I mean, tech is very important to all you guys, I'm presuming. Uh, like, legit fit, there's a lot of tech involved yeah. in what you do, isn't there? Yeah, well, we've, we, like, myself and Ian, are, we know a high level of tech. So we have this one pitch about what, we, what our tech stack is. But we've three other guys on the team um, that are just absolutely amazing at what they're doing. Uh, Gerard, Lucas and Thomas. Who joined, Thomas actually joined us as an intern from UCC and uh, has joined the company full-time now. So he's our, officially our first employee. Um, but the lads are just like fantastic, so we don't have to do delve into the code that much. Um, so we're quite lucky. Um, so you, you've already passed the problem to the next generation. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> it's good to see delegation. Old delegation. Delegation. <laughs> old habits die hard. And Mike, for you, technology presumably very much at the centre of everything, is it? Absolutely. I think there's a there's a great point to be made that technology is more approachable for people of our generation now. I think there's a lot of online resources that you can use to pick up on things that would have taken a PhD to learn otherwise. Um, I know there's biohacker spaces around the place. There's a lot of like you, I know the guys do hack hackathons yeah. where they just go away for a weekend and they code extensively. It's very very. Well, you see, easy. the problem with my generation is we went away for a weekend, we just get locked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did that as well. They don't. <laughs> not they don't. It's a danger of a weekend. Relatively getting locked. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look. Uh, you're representative of a new generation and I've made this point on this podcast before that when I finished in college I was sent out to get a job. You guys are different. The the UCC in the case of the two lads or CIT in the case of the other two with me in the studio, they teach you that you're more than that. You're more rounded than just a, a person with an education. And did you sense that? I mean, you, have have you just embraced that opportunity that's been given to you? Ian? Yeah, I suppose we we were kind of lucky as well. And I know it's the case in UCC. The lads might be able to talk more of it, but there is, I suppose, a lot more um, entrepreneurial type modules being into, introduced into all courses really within CIT, and it does give you that little taster of what needs to be done in order to set up a company. But again practically and theoretical is a bit of a different story so it's you kind of know the the theoretical sense but going out there and putting into practice then just requires a lot more um, energy and I suppose kind of picking up things a lot quicker Look something's going to go wrong everything goes wrong we all encounter problems from time to time or something goes awry and it wasn't what we expected how do you deal with that? I mean how do you come to terms Mike with in your space you've spent ages trying to develop something and then it all falls apart at the last minute? Uh, failing fast is a mantra I think within entrepreneurship you you find your mistakes as quickly as possible you find where it's not going to work and then you work around it if you try and bias yourself against seeing these problems from the earliest possible opportunity then you're making your business less likely but to but you're succeed. a snowflake a failure is uh, a terrible thing in your mind I actually find that very offensive <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't agree no <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> but um, no, no I, I think look the, there's people maybe like that in every generation but they're more visible than ever now with the internet. Can I just ask where, where, the, where this ends for all of you? Because you're at different stages in your company. I, I'm going to throw it out there controversially that this isn't the only company you guys are ever going to be involved in. If you're entrepreneurs and you've, you've got the bug, you're going to have more under your belt. And in five years' time, the landscape could be very different. Am I wrong in that, Maeve? No, definitely not. And I'll be honest, I don't know where I'm going to end up or where I'm going to be. I think um, going back to the point that Mike said, being flexible and being able to take on failure and move and change is very, very important to be successful. And hopefully that'll follow me in my career. Ryan and Ian, 
I mean, it's a beautiful partnership now. You get on famously, but is it always <laughs> going to be thus, or could we have a Beatles-like moment? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think I think it was Will Smith was saying about Plan B. Um, he said, "Don't have a Plan B when you have Plan A, because it takes away your focus away from Plan A." So we will have a Plan B, but right now Plan A is our focus, and you know we want to get from where we are right now, which is ten users to a thousand users to ten thousand users, and that is our focus at the moment with LegitFit. I would like to say with confidence that that is the first time Will Smith has ever been uh, quoted on any <laughs> ever presented. That's impressive. And I'm glad that I've done that. <laughs> you brought that to us. Uh, Mike, last word to you on this. What are you going to be doing in five years? Um, I think it's similar to, to Ryan, like we're obviously all very passionate about what we're doing right now. But I think the thing with being an entrepreneur is you kind of fall into these opportunities. Mm-hmm. If, if I was sitting around at home, I'd probably think up something else to be doing. So it wouldn't be unlikely that if Millish Bio was to be a success or a failure, and in either case be out of my life, that I'd find something else in a similar vein to keep me busy. Well, look, we wish you continued success in all of your various different endeavours. Mike Sheehan of Millish Bio, at Maeve Power of Venview, and Ryan O'Neill from Ian and, and Ian O'Sullivan from Legit Fit. Thank you all very much for joining us in Red Business and the best of luck. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Red Business, all that's best about business in Cork. Now, my next guest works with a facility in Carrick Tool that many of you may know nothing about, but they do tremendous work. They've got 355 people uh, working on site and we decided it is a good time to learn a little more about Gilead. David Cadigan, he's the Vice President of Irish Manufacturing Operations at Gilead. David, you're very welcome to Red Business. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here, Jonathan, to join you and your listeners. Tell me a little bit about what the company does, because you're not a brand people would be overly familiar with. Uh, Gilead has been uh, in existence for the last 30 years and uh, started off uh, focused on antiviral therapies. So that's for uh, for things like uh, HIV uh, and hepatitis B and most recently for hepatitis C. So we discover, develop and commercialise drugs in those particular areas. Uh, so our biggest uh, market is for HIV uh, and Gilead has been able to transform the uh, the treatment of uh, HIV from something that was perhaps a, a death sentence now to those who are living with HIV can ha- expect the same life expectancy as you or I today. It's amazing how the technology has increased and improved so much in a very short period of time. But those drugs now that are, are not getting rid of HIV permanently, but they're, many of them are being produced here in Cork, are they? That is correct. Uh, uh, we produce about 30% of the total um, uh, drug product uh, for sale in uh, that, that Gilead sells. Uh, and also we supply the Europe, Middle East and Asia regions will all come through uh, the Cork facility. How important is it to be based in Cork, given that we have a, a pharma cluster, a, a tech cluster, everything seems to be kind of centred round round here. Is that why Gilead decided to expand its operations here? Um, Gilead had been in uh, in Ireland since uh, around 1997, but actually an opportunity came up in 2007 uh, to purchase a facility in Cork and it was a brand new state-of-the-art drug product uh, 
manufacturing facility and that fitted very well with our, our, our needs at that time. Um, so we moved our operations to, to Cork uh, and in that time we built on that uh, really talented workforce that uh, we, we gained with purchasing the site in Tool, but also built on that so that we've moved, gone from around 100 employees at that stage and as you said we're now up at 355 uh, employees full time and, and over 500 um, uh, if you take into account uh, uh, other contractors who work with us. And is it the attractiveness of Cork, the quality of the graduates, the things we normally hear from the pharma sector, the quality of the graduates, the availability of the workforce, the skill set that's here. I mean, this is all good stuff for yeah, a company I lead like a, a, you know, an extremely talented uh, team uh, at, uh, in Cork. Uh, and it's because of the, uh, you know, the, the capabilities, the agility, um, you know, how how the, the people in Ireland and in Cork can respond to rapidly changing uh, landscape, that really is what makes a difference for us and what's made us successful here in Cork. I mean, Gilead has invested something like €200 million Euros in Ireland uh, so far, which means that they, they're they here for the long haul by the look of it, are they? Uh, correct. We've just, uh, just most recently, we uh, announced a uh, £9.5 million expansion of our laboratory uh, area, and that's in order to set us up for the future products that are coming down the pipeline that we fully expect to launch out of uh, the Cork facility in the next number of years. In fact, in the last five years, we've launched 11 new products uh, out of Cork, uh, which is a tremendous achievement uh, thanks to the the, the, uh, the workforce that we have here. Look, it's antiviral products that you're working in that space. So that's it's almost new and innovative area uh, because... Okay, everyone focused on antibiotics being a thing that they did, but the technology has improved and and actually getting in and targeting these viruses and getting them to do the things we want as opposed to the things they want. Is that the direction that the pharma tech business is going to move in now as we try to come to terms with the those illnesses that up till now have proven beyond us that that would be correct is is that's you know innovative companies like gilead uh like invest a significant amount of of money in uh, research and development uh in our uh, products and the examples of what we've been able to do is if you take uh, hepatitis C, which was a long-term chronic disease, we actually have been able to cure that now uh, as a result of the therapies that Gilead brought to market. Um, what's happening now is is also medicine is becoming a lot more specific, targeted. Uh, if I was to take the examples in in chemotherapy, it's like taking a, a very large sledgehammer to crack a nut. Uh, what you really want to do is to be very very targeted in your approach. So. That there's uh, between certain targeted therapies, immunotherapies, and most recently cell therapy is one of the areas where uh, uh, Gilead has has gotten involved in through the purchase of, of uh, another company called Kite Pharma. David, the way you describe it, you say, make it sound very fulfilling for people who, who work in this space, given that your outcomes are positive, that somebody who'd been given a death sentence can have a normal life. You know, it, it, a lot of people don't think of that as the rationale for getting into a job. But I mean, you you were there and are part of a team that's making that different. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the things about the pharmaceutical industry is, as, as I like to say, is we don't make widgets. We make products that really is going to make a difference to, to somebody's lives. Um, and in fact, 
I would be certain that you know uh, someone, they may not know who they are, who are on a drug uh, that's either made by Gilead or or, or another uh, pharmaceutical uh, company, and it really does make a difference. Uh, It particularly comes home when you you get to see the patients, sometimes in a manufacturing arena, um, we're a little bit uh, removed from the patient. So it's great to have those those testimonies from the patients about what a difference that it is uh, made to their particular lives. Um, Just to finish up, I, I know you're a big proponent of STEM and making sure that young people stick with the maths, stick with the chemistry, stick with, uh, with the biology and, and with the physics. Are we doing enough of it, do you think? Um, I think we're. I think the uh, the government has done uh, is is really focusing on that area. But as as usual, it's always possible to do more. I certainly, um, if I look at my own background, uh, you know, I was very interested in in science and mathematics, um, and that led me down a, a path of of firstly thinking about science, then getting into engineering, and I've never ever regretted uh, that decision. Um, it is really it does as it says makes a difference for people's lives. There's the huge opportunities out there uh, in the industry, be it uh, in the pharma industry and in the tech tech industry, there's huge opportunities. And I certainly um, consider that it's a, a fantastic choice for anyone out there who's who's thinking of making some decisions. There's huge opportunities there. And there's plenty of jobs there as well, kids. Let's not face it. That's why you go to college to earn a good wage and do something fulfilling. David Cadigan, we wish you and all of your colleagues at Gilead the very best in Carrick Tool. And thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Great talking to you. My thanks to all of my guests. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes and all the episodes are available at redfm.ie. Neil Hennessy's the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. The only show in town for Cork Business. Red Business.